innovation in education is always a work in progress. Welcome to Educational Innovations, a podcast from eSchool News exploring transformations in education. We'll discuss how education leaders are responding to COVID-19, the future of schools, and the silver linings from the disruption of hybrid and remote learning. This episode is brought to you by Microsoft. Microsoft and the Open Data Institute this month announced the launch of an Education Open Data Challenge to shine light on the relationship between broadband access and K-12 education outcomes. In the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Education Open Data Challenge will help educators and research organizations better understand the potential long-term impact the ongoing disruption to traditional learning will have on the world's most vulnerable learners. Microsoft and the ODI are encouraging teams that wish to participate in the challenge to help generate innovative solutions to close the digital divide in K-12 education. Go to theodi.org to learn more. Welcome to episode two of the podcast that discusses school district executives' responses to the pandemic. And this is eSchool News. My name is Kevin Hogan. I am editor-at-large for eSchool News. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks to my guest today, Anthony Williams. Anthony is the director of technology for Riverdale Regional Schools in Oradell, New Jersey. Anthony, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Usually, um, we'd be having a conversation in like ballroom C of a a cool hotel in a, in a cool city talking about much more pleasant things than this, right? Uh, but but here we are uh, remote, but I know you're as busy as ever, so I, I really appreciate your time to talk to us and to the to the audience. Thank you for having me. It's fun. I guess let's um, start off uh, talking about Friday the 13th, back, at, back in March. <laughs> that yeah. seems to be the day that... Um, for schools anyway, that was like the, uh, the witching hour where everyone's minds kind of <laughs> basically exploded. As much as I don't want to go back there, I think it's important to start there and to, and to hear what you did in your position and what your district did to, to help the kids. Well, going back, I'm just going to share a little bit of history with you uh, leading up to this whole thing. You know, we're, we're a one-to-one district. So everyone, the infrastructure and the and the uh, student devices and staff devices were in place. And I think, uh, you know, unbeknownst to us, no one ever saw this thing coming, but we had this aha moment uh, on this uh, lease, the three-year lease that, why don't we just get rid of every single desktop, even with secretaries and administrators and just give everybody, you know, let's let's walk the walk and talk the talk and just say, Everyone's going to be remote. You can work anytime, anywhere. Well, who knew, you know? Yeah. Fast forward to uh, to March 13th. Actually, we had a PD day on the 11th, and, and there was a lot of uh, chatter that um, this was it, and, and we were going to close. We didn't know when we were going to close, but we knew it was imminent. So we had the PD day, so we, we just kind of ripped off everything we, we were going to do and said, okay, we need, just in case, rumor has it, D-Day is Friday. We just have to get everyone ready. So um, it was pretty exciting, actually, because the message to everyone that day was, you've got this. Again, rewinding 14 years, 
with the one-to-one. It's been an ongoing commitment to professional development. So that's what made it work because it wasn't ripping the rug out from anyone. It was like, this is what we do. You have, you know, again, we're, we're a Microsoft school. So we had all the 365 tools, um, years of PD with the uh, HP device. And this was the game changer. Hmm. Everyone had a digital pen. Hmm. So it was a 360 uh, form factor in a leap book. We're a, a, a 712 school. So it's a, we're small, you know, yeah. uh, we're two schools with 1600 plus kids. So everyone had the device. So it was, it was great. And, you know, you've, you've been using class notebook for years. We we were slowly rolling out teams, but then it was like, okay, this is your moment. Now you're really going to do teams. And that was, uh, that was the surprise that some people had embraced it, but there was a real need for live classrooms that we've never done before. Like, had you been using Teams before? I mean, like, just for parent-teacher conferences or professional development or anything? No, okay. No, we were using it for, uh, we were rolling it out for, yes, this is how you did uh, assignments, rolling out assignments in in class notebook. Let's pivot to try it in Teams because this is what it looks like and, you know, you'll like it better. So it was really an organic rollout. Huh. But the good news is, even if you didn't embrace that part of Teams, you could still pivot to online OneNote Class Notebook and nothing changed. Yeah, yeah. But the live classroom is what uh, was awesome because there was a, like, we should go to Zoom, we should go to... No, no, no. You've got it right in Teams. And um, so was, that was the, the key that, you know, this is how you're going to do your link. You're going to see your whole class. Um, so it was really like guidance counselors. This is how you're going to have open office hours. This is how you're going to have INRS meetings. This is how you're going to do 504s. So it was a one-stop shopping. So it was semi-familiar because it was still 365, but it was all packaged in Teams now. So uh, this is how you're going to call parents. This is how you're going to do IEP meetings and it was a huge push for live uh, meetings. Okay. You've had a one-to-one set up for 14 years, you're saying? Yep. yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost like you've been training your, your whole career for this, <laughs> right? Well, and, and that was our message, like, you've got this. Yeah. I know you're not going to be here. You're going to be in your kitchen and the kids are going to be screaming. But you, And that was the hardest part about teaching live on your computer. And back then you couldn't see all the kids in one, you know, they didn't have the, the, the group in, in, you had a few tiles on, on your, uh, in teams. And then of course, you know, Microsoft responded and, and, and they could see the whole class at the same time. But what, what really changed was um, the conversation. And it was, it was pretty exciting to see it because once we, we went to, um, to remote, the conversation changed to, okay, I'm doing this live classroom, but now I want to talk to just a few kids. How do I do that? Yeah. So in breakout rooms, they didn't have that, that component yet, but there was a, a hack, if you will, where you could do the channels. The teachers loved that part because they could still be in class notebook and leave their voice messages in, in uh, grade with their digital note, uh, pens, but... They wanted to be able to 
have that dialogue with the kids. And um, so meet me in this channel and we'll talk. And, and that was, was fantastic. Now, fast forward to September. That's what changed again. Now you had some kids at home and you had some kids in the classroom. It was that conversation that needed to happen, but it was different. Everybody wasn't on the screen now. So, you know, we've gotten all the, all the teachers, even though you have a camera on, on, your, on your laptop, you know, now there's a barrier, there's a plexiglass barrier and, you, you know, you, everyone is six feet apart and, and it, it's much harder. You can't just turn your laptop around. So we got everyone a, a webcam and that helped every student express their voice. The kids in the classroom weren't staring at their laptop. They were looking at their buddies uh, on the screen yeah. and everyone could be heard. Yeah. And everyone could express themselves. And because um, that was very frustrating before we had the, the webcams, you could, the microphone is very directional on a laptop. Yeah. So the sound was, was not good. So now you could see, it didn't really matter where you were sitting. And even with the, the breakout rooms hack with the, with the channels, you could have discussions when two kids were sitting in front of you and three kids were at home. Yeah, but so you're saying that there was an importance to have a screen in the classroom where the kids who are in person could see the kids on on the Zoom. 100%, yeah. Okay, almost like the fans when you're watching basketball and they put the fans up there. It, it just it, changes something, right? The dynamic? It changes and it's real time. So you could have that conversation. You know, the microphone's picking you up. The kids can, can talk and have a whole class discussion yeah, yeah. Or, or pivot to breakout rooms and the teacher could be the true facilitator and, you know, post that assignment in there and go back and, and have that private discussion with those three kids and go on to the next and, and then yeah. bring everybody back into the, you know, to, to the whole class discussion again. You know, we're all obviously fatigued, right? We have our, our, our Zoom fatigue, our team's fatigue or whatever yeah. it is, right? And, and especially the students, I watch my own kids, you know, staring at the screen all day. It's just, it, yeah. it's tiresome. Let's flip it over and let me ask you, do you see any improvement in communication between students and teachers using this platform? I do, because there can be one-on-one -on -one discussions. Yeah. Um, you know, again, meet me in this channel. I think this year, from September, it's been a little more difficult because in March, April, May, and June, uh, everyone had a relationship. Yeah. You knew your students. Yeah. Uh, you knew your teacher. And starting out with a new roster of students with masks on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't see those facial cues. Yeah. And you're distant. You're not there. You, yeah. you know, you're, you're not you're not walking around going, let me help you with this. You know, right. Right. It, it's, uh, it's a different approach. I don't want to say clinical, but there's even though you're you're there and you're you're trying to bond. It, it, there's a there's a barrier. Right. Right. Although I've noticed um, maybe not in the student teacher dynamic, but as a parent, the parent-teacher dynamic, I've spoken more to my kids' yep. teachers in the past six months than I have in 16 years, yep. right? The back-to-school night was probably the most productive back-to-school night that I've been to, uh, and it happened right here, right? 
And even just one-on-one parent-teacher conferences, what else? Uh, Like sports, my kids' sports coaches came on and talked about. And it seems that you can communicate and get more information back and forth this way than the way we used to do it. One district that will remain nameless uh, talked about how they had the most successful school board meetings. No one's screaming at each other. Those in-person dynamics that happen are all kind of stripped, uh, stripped away in this sort of setup. Do you foresee any of these platforms remaining when we go back to what, whatever normal is? I do. I do. Because it, I think there's application. First of all, I agree on, on the parent. There's a lot more parent interaction. And I think it, you can take what, what we're learning here to increase communication with every aspect of, of the school, because even the clubs are virtual. Yeah. Um, board meetings, uh, you brought up, is a, is a great point. And guilty as charged. Uh, you know, I used to like, oh, eight o'clock, Monday night, I'll, I'll just read the agenda. Yeah. But now, now it's, it's oh, okay. And, and you, you hit the link and, and where there used to be, you know, five people in the audience, there are 300 people on right. the board meeting now. Right. And, and, and everyone, you know, whether they're, they're putting it in, in Teams chat, asking the question or turning their camera on asking the question, students are attending, parents are attending. And, you know, I'm hoping that doesn't go away because I think that is, that's really opened, uh, you, you, had the ch- you always had the choice of, of going in on site or watching the recording of it on YouTube, but now you, you can be part of it and it's interactive. I, I think part of it will also, hopefully we'll keep this around for students who are on um, long-term medical. You know, we've thrown at everything we knew and it, it's, it's kind of, you know, they always talk about the disruption of education. So there are going to be a lot of good outcomes from this. You know, you know, we miss the smiles in, in the hallways and, and even in the hallways, you're trying to make eye contact, but you still have that physical barrier. Right. But yeah, no, I think the, the, the communication on, on demand, um, even uh, virtual hours for guidance counselors and, and teachers for parents to call in. You know, students getting, they don't have to, the option of, uh, you have to give up this club for going to extra help now. Hit that link and get your extra help. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a lot more access to, to students, to parents, to, uh, it, it's just a deeper dialogue, I think. And I hope that stays. Yeah. Now, as a veteran um, one-to-one district, uh, talk a little bit about the difference between uh, synchronous an asynchronous. So you, you kind of had an asynchronous setup with a one-to-one program, even if you weren't using Teams in, in, in real time, but you're using the platform for other things. Have you seen that use change or pivot because of the full-time remote versus full-time in person, but you're taking your stuff home for, for homework? I have seen it change because now there's more availability. Instead of waiting to get back into class, we'll talk about this tomorrow, or well, I'm going to share this tomorrow. It's, it's all there. Yeah. So you can, um, you know, you can discover uh, all of your assignments. You can go into all the chapter two resources or the, or the, and, and, and read ahead or, or hit the link and, and watch the stream video. And, and so it, I think it's so exciting to see like that immediate poll in, that you can do in a team's chat. Yeah. 
And I think equally important is to see the teachers embrace it. Like, I need, I need a way of blah, blah, blah. This is the way I used to do it. How can I do it now? And, and I think it's really raised awareness of the instructional technology that you can use. Also, the need for common planning. And, and we had that, we designated some time. And it's always been around, but we were actually like, this is your chunk of time. And one thing that we heard from all the teachers in, in the different committees we had planning our, our new schedule was the need to talk. And they, they would always say, and this was interesting, this is great because in the committees we had different subjects, content areas uh, represented. And um, like, this is great. I, it's so good to be able to talk to the science person because I never thought of doing that that way, but I can use that in my English class, you know, yeah. and, I, and, and they shared their frustrations and they shared their successes. And that's not going to go away because, uh, you know, we, we always talk about giving people time, but, now we see how valuable it is to to allow teachers to have those those uh, professional dialogues as well. Right, Not oh, so just like showing them something new. This yeah, is how, you know, just giving them time to discover. But, but it's like again, and that's another example of like a, this new intimacy, where I would guess in person faculty meetings have a different dynamic, right? I mean, there's a, there's some power dynamics and mm-hmm. people who don't want to be there and people who, who aren't there and who are late. But with this sort of setup, again, just like the school board, you can pop in and you can be interested or maybe not even so, that's interested, but you're still part of it. And you're still in that in that mix. That's a really good example too, because even in the, in the faculty uh, meetings that are, you know, every, every week, the teachers... Are, you can see everyone on the screen, but the questions or some of them are, are, are unmuting and raising their hands and asking the question, but there's a lot of Teams chat yeah. going on, yeah. answering questions. Are, what about this? What about this? How is everybody doing this? And, right. and um, so you're not going to disrupt the faculty uh, meeting in the media center and have that chat. And then, then it gets very uh, extensive, and it, and it's great, and, and it's funny because in in on site, you could see the uh, okay, it's going to be over at three o five or three thirty, but Wednesdays went on till like four o'clock, and and nobody went anywhere. Nobody blinked. Yeah. Right. It was like everyone wanted to contribute, and, yeah. and everyone could voice the. It, had a voice actually they've always had a voice but now there's time and there's there's there are multiple ways of expressing that voice right that's another good positive for for keeping this stuff around even when we can be back together right maybe we could just lead the in-person stuff to uh more socializing than nitty-gritty stuff right <laughs> absolutely you know? I, I think i think that we're going to see that across the board too because i and this is a silly uh I'm probably going to get blasted for this one, but even <laughs> even virtual church, yeah. you know, it's like I could leave what I want to and not feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly right. Exactly right. Without like, oh, you're leaving early, you know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk a little bit about, is is this also uh, another, what I guess would be a positive for, for you and for educators? I mean, is this the end of professional development as we know it? We would have sessions that we would go to and talk about getting faculty involved in the use of technology. And there were always those thwatties. You just said it, you know, this is the way we all, we've always done it. And before this was forced upon us, a lot of people would choose not to engage with it. Now there's no choice and you have to do it. Between that and 
how instinctual a lot of this technology has become. Are you having to do a three-day workshop to get everybody up up and running on, on your systems anymore? No, no. Um, we've always had, uh, I guess, turnkeys for, I don't know, 13 years. And, uh, and they're content area teachers who uh, train the trainer. And then they, they have, uh, it's actually a duty. So they're, um, we're, they're not physically in the PD room. Their office hours are, are posted in our channel, okay. in our uh, teacher channel. We have a teacher resource uh, team. Everyone's a member of the whole district. So, you know, at that time, and you have there's a schedule, you can click on uh, that link and someone will respond to your need. But one thing that um, we're also doing is our professional development uh, supervisor is hosting uh, Tuesdays. So um, this, we, we, we try to, we try to determine what the teachers needed and what they needed most were to rethink assessments. Mm. So, uh, I mean, we talked about, we've been talking about authentic assessments since the beginning of time. Totally. But now the, the importance of those uh, assessments have, have completely uh, come to the top of the list. And so that's, that's, a, that's been a deep discussion on uh, where we are and where we, what, what are the possibilities to, uh, to assess student uh, knowledge and also uh, create their learning and build on the student voices because that's so important right now when some t- students feel isolated yeah. to think of different ways to have them develop their voice because it's not as easy and it's, it's easier to detach. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the teachers have been working really hard to, to get all student voices uh, active again. What are we talking about here? Like digital uh, portfolios? The portfolios are always on the table, but different ways of assessing, you know, Flipgrid, you know, project-based learning, interactive resources, uh, working uh together to build a, a uh, an artifact in a in a uh, in a small group it doesn't have to be um, 25 question test so just uh, to, more of an interaction to involve students and then gotcha. and it's been really important because um, some people are feeling isolated yeah well now how's that gonna jive with the state testing come spring <laughs> I, I couldn't, uh, yeah, we were like, yeah, there's no way they're going to be able to do this. And then, of course, on, on Monday was the deadline for uh, for uploading all the uh, the uh, NJSLA information for, for student testing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see how, uh, how that looks because, it, you know, in a remote environment, what is that really going to look like? Especially when you talk about what collaboration is or, you know, I listen... My boys go to an all-boy Catholic school uh, in Philly, and I can hear the headmasters like, "Put your book. Let me see your book. Let yeah. me see you put your book in your bag. Let me see your phone. Turn off the phone, and now we'll start the test." Right? But they're still not my boys. But there are, I'm certainly are some boys out there trying to figure their way around that. So it's like, is it their fault that they have the access to the information that's on the internet? Not necessarily, but it's it's how you process it, right? That's the right. whole assessment you're talking about. Well, and it's funny because I know there's this this uh, this talk about a, a lockdown browser for certain standardized tests, and then we always had test nav and all. But the test companies, which especially if students are taking this test remotely, they still have a phone, exactly, <laughs> and they still have another device at home. Come on, yeah. yeah. I mean, are you recording classroom instruction? 
I mean, are, are, are students, I mean, can you assess students that way in terms of like almost like oral or recitation when you're in getting your master's degree, right? There are certain, certain ways to use the tool that way too. Absolutely, because we have students creating podcasts. We have students uh, creating TED Talks. Yeah. So there's so many different ways of creating that voice. And uh, so we're, that's that whole, uh, we're just reinventing, reinventing the wheel. We always talked about that, but even, even a student, like a book trailer yeah. can be in a flip grid, which is a video, and then yeah. have the student comments in a, in a different well, it's much like when, um, you know, before the pandemic, when we say the end of professional development and we would talk about 21st century skills, right? I mean, these kids have it. <laughs> There's nothing Absolutely. else to teach. I mean, it's, it's baked in their brains now. We're seeing the evolution of yeah. a lot of things. We're really yeah. seeing the evolution of, of assessments, the evolution of, of digital content. We thought we knew what we were doing, but we're reinventing this wheel. Yeah, the, the, the acceleration is, it is exhilarating as much as it, it is, is terrifying, <laughs> right? It, it is. It's funny because it, it was terrifying in March, but I, I think in our heads it was, uh, we, had a, we didn't know how long, but we thought it was going to be a finite number of days. You know, wow, yeah. we'll be back by May. Yeah, we'll be back. By, and, and now it's like, oh, I don't know when we're going remote again. Right, right. Although I have to say that just in the past couple of weeks with the talk of vaccines and people getting jabbed, I mean, desperately hoping that next fall will be back to normal. A hundred percent. Of what it could be, right? What are the things that you're planning to kind of keep in line? We know we were, we were talking about the, the, the synchronous communication. So if next fall you're all back in person, what sort of remote strategies do you think you will maintain? I think the opening up those digital office hours, digital extra help, making things easier for parents, for teachers, for for students, and uh, more access for students. There, there's even a, um, one thing that we started this year was, was uh, for staff and for students, just a digital access to, um, to a professional for help if you were struggling. Yeah. And I think, I hope that never goes away because you can have uh, one-on-one sessions with, you know, for five minutes if you want. Right, right. Or, or you know, speaking to a, a, a colleague, you know, I should give so-and-so a call, you know? And, and I think that's, that's huge for students because you can, you know, you could always go to the walk down and, and see the, you know, the, the counselor. But now it's so much easier. So I, I think that that's, hopefully that doesn't go away. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a keeper. But access, I think access and, and many ways of, of building student voice. And that's always been important. But I think the teachers who are on board with that from, from day one are, are there. But the struggling teachers are seeing the value of um, giving students different ways to uh, express themselves. So that sticks around. And maybe uh, there's a student who doesn't necessarily thrive in the classroom. Maybe they, they come in t- twice a week and they're home the other time. Right, because they're part of the classroom. Right. And again, for those students who are maybe extended medical at home, right. instead of home instruction, they can be part of that live classroom. Right. That would right. be very exciting. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I usually end up these conversations asking about, um, you know, Tell me something that could will make me feel good, but we don't have to ask that because all of these things are, are, are positives. 
that we can look at uh, to implement uh, next next fall. And hopefully we'll all be there and the luncheon will be humming. Maybe we'll be back at some cool uh, leadership yes. luncheon in Ballroom B somewhere. That would be <laughs> Ballroom B. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to those days. I do. Great. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So good seeing you, Kevin. And thanks everybody for listening uh, to this podcast. Uh, I hope you click around and find another one soon. Once again, thanks to Microsoft, the sponsor of this episode and the creator of The Learning Passport, a project that started off as a partnership between UNICEF, Microsoft, and the University of Cambridge, and its departments, Cambridge University Press and Cambridge Assessment. The Learning Passport is designed to provide education for displaced and refugee children through a digital remote learning platform. It has now undergone rapid expansion to facilitate country-level curriculum for children and youth whose schools have been forced to close due to COVID-19. The platform will also provide key resources to teachers and educators.